You know, I hope it can be a blessing in it. But I tell you, there, I have a couple of books that um, for uh, well, for women. <laughs> I don't, sorry, no, I don't have it. No, 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 no. That's wonderful. In fact, I think that would be great to have that conversation. You know, because my my main point today is that men and women are different. And of course, I'm not going to go into a lot about men and women, uh, you know, relationships as far as safety and all that, because you just had that. But uh, women, men and women are different, and more and more women are on boards. I mean, we we have in our church a I rule. Knew that until about a couple years ago, really. Oh I mean, yeah. Well, oh God. for many many. Oh yeah. We well, look. We have had people. We have had women ministers from the very beginning of the Assemblies of God. Very beginning. Because we believe that that's what it says in Joel, that he will follow men and women, you know. And so, um, you know, it, life is a lot different now. But if you look at the earliest days of Pentecost, a lot of times it was the women that started the churches. And they'd go places that nobody else would go. And even in missions, they'd take off and go. I mean, I look at it. I don't have this on. Maybe I should have it on. Uh, but they, but they would, um, you know, it would just be amazing how they would be so, so, I mean, I go overseas all the time and everybody will say, oh, you know, you go alone, don't you, doesn't your husband go with me, with, he doesn't want to go, and I do, so I go, you know, and I teach and, and I feel safe, but I'm telling you what, it could not have been the same in the early 1900s, I mean, it had to be. I mean, that would have been frightening, actually, I think, probably. And so you look at it, and in the beginning, women um, did a lot of things. Well, you know, men would get married, and they would maybe feel well, they had the responsibility of their kids and all this stuff. And women, they, a lot, there were just a lot of them that were single, and they went out, like uh, George Wood's parents, the... They, she had gone out. I can't remember if his dad had a first wife and he died. That might have happened. But then um, there was a, a Mormon missionary in the area, and I've heard him say that, you know who I'm talking about, George Wood. He's the, yeah, was the Genesis. And he said, Anyway, um, but anyway, he says that he's not really sure if they fall, fell in love as much as they just, it was just, it just worked better for them to be married. And so they got married and then eventually they came back and started churches here together. But that's the Assemblies of God for us. But when I was studying in, in, uh, with my, for my master's, I wrote a paper one time and I said, I think we're schizophrenic. I think that we are so proud that we include women, but when we include women, we don't know what to do with them. <laughs> do you think that? I mean, no, not ministries, but like in, on a board or whatever. And, and in our church, if, that, if you have that mindset, and you've got to remember when I wrote that, this was like a long time ago. But um, we, we never had that problem in our church. Because there I was, and what did you do? But I will give you a story or two about when when I first started, and I had to work full time and stuff. So I don't know what time is it. I don't even know. What. Okay, so we should start. Oh, here's here's a couple more. Hi, hi.
yeah. And I, um, where is my, where are my notes? I did not um, make a handout, uh, because, partially because I, this isn't my stuff. <laughs> I think that was hers. Oh, was it your stuff? No. No. Oh, that hers. Her. Oh, oh, Emily's. Yeah. Um, partially because I felt like that discussion, some discussion, was very important, and so we're going to discuss subjects, and then um, go from there. Okay. Well, I am going to. Um, they've been listening to all this that we've been saying, so I am going to pray and get started. Father, we love you and we thank you for the fact that you made us men and women. And today as we study, which I didn't uh, today as we study this or as we talk about this, I pray, O oh Lord, that you will work in us and that you will help us to better understand each other and to better, and to better um, include each other. And I thank you, Lord, for what you are doing and what you want to do in us and through us. And uh, I just praise you for your presence here today. And we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to begin by saying that I would not want to be in ministry in any, any place except in the Assemblies of God. I, I believe in the Assemblies of God, and my own experience has been I have always been trusted in the Assemblies of God. And my husband is very open, and he is very uh, accepting. But I can tell you, and I'll tell some of the stories, that when we first star started, and of course this was 40 years ago. Now you got to, 40 years is a long time. Uh, it was a little different. But I wanted to start by saying that men and women really are different. Uh, I read some information where it, it, talk, it said that brain scans, controlled studies, psychology um, demonstrate that men and women are not the same. We are physically and mentally different. And I believe that that is purposeful. And for us to minister and to accomplish what God wants us to do, you need both men and women. And I am so thankful that we in the Assemblies of God allow women in ministry very freely. I have been in the Assemblies of God for 40 years, and I have always felt that I was accepted. But I think, uh, but, I, but if I got started, I could probably tell you some stories that were sort of funny, too. You know, um, I grew up in Texas, and in Texas there were, um, well, there was definitely a good old boys club, you know, because uh, that's Texas. And, uh, but there were women ministers when I was growing up, so it never occurred to me that it might even be an issue. I never went to a Baptist church. I never went somewhere that they thought that people and uh, women should not be in ministry. My uh, pastor's wife was a better preacher than my pastor. He was a better pastor than she was, but he, but he couldn't preach himself out of a paper bag, and she was a fiery little thing. And, and when, I, when I became older and I decided to go to school, you know, to Bible school, I just assumed that I would be accepted and that I would have a place. And I encourage all of you to realize that sometimes it's our attitude as women rather than 
men's attitude is women that stop us. Now, could I ask, is, are you two pastors? No? Okay. And uh, are there other people here that are, are um, credentialed, or is this basically in the local church? Okay. Can you tell me uh, why you, what you wanted to accomplish here today in this, in this session? a broader perspective of like what are the what kind of opportunities to kind of get outside of the box. Uh-huh. My wife and I just always minister together on whatever we do, but um, just to open that open that box up and just kind of get some mm-hmm. different perspective on it. So what kind of ministry do you uh, you do together? Uh, we we um, have come alongside pastors and um, ministered in that way and just in whatever way. Whatever but, way. But but more Kind of somewhat of an armor bearer type, right, right. But also in just in anything and everything that we can do to help help the body and help the pastor make that connection. Come in, come in. Hi. Um, yeah, that's great. Oh, somebody else. Um, well, I just became the new women's ministry leader at our church, mm-hmm. and uh, her husband Bob just became the new men's ministry. So to come and see how we can work together as a team. Uh-huh. to help empower our church to become united. You know, how we can work together to kind of get everybody working together and to be united and how... Okay, how the men and the women can work together in that sense. Yeah. Okay, you? <laughs> there, there's, there's three men in this class right now. Uh-huh. I, I hate to say this, but that's typically what, what I see in the church. Uh-huh. I see the women... They're like the spearheads of the families. They're the ones in the church. Right. Doing the ministries, taking the kids there. Uh, I'm in the friends of uh, mm-hmm. prayer ministry. There's one couple of us there. And so the guys are kind of... Yeah. And, and we did include the women's prayer group in our prayer group also. So we get mm-hmm. together and we have yeah. combined prayer groups. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm here for that reason. Why, why is there a difference mm-hmm. between who we see in the church? Oh, Okay. It's going a little different direction than I was thinking, but this is good. This is very good. Um, you know, because, I, yeah, okay? You're on a board, and you think you're invisible. Someday. Someday. Well, okay, let me, let me say, invisible in the sense that I was raised, I was the Mason contractor's daughter, so I know the building grounds, and I, I know structures, and I know uh-huh. some of these things. And that's that's more of a man's realm. I mean, I'm sorry, but it is. Uh-huh. And so uh, I make a suggestion, and it'll go all the way around the room, and some one of the guys will say the same thing. Oh yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. But, well, that that I does mean, happen. And that, and that's, <laughs> that does that's my only. You know, yeah. But other than that, uh-huh. I mean, I'm not. Okay. Other than that stuff. Okay. Yeah. Okay, now here's our young ones here. Hey, yeah, yeah, they're just starting out. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now let me tell you what I think I know about them. Uh, uh, Cherish came to our church for, I mean, you know, for a long time, and then they moved away, and then they came back. But anyway, um, I believe that you uh, you finished. Uh, evangel, you both prepared for ministry, and then you married, and so now 
they have to figure out how to work together, like really work together for men as men and women. Yeah, and um, that was what the situation was with my husband. We, I had been in um, overseas, and I had gone to France for three years and worked with Teen Challenge. He had been a youth pastor, and when we got married, we both had had very strong ministries, and now we're married, and um, I, I don't know how many of you know my husband. He is great, but he is a man, and he, and he was a man 40 years ago. I mean, well, that's good that he was then, but... Uh, <laughs> But I'm just saying, I mean, you have to see the difference. This is 40 years later. And in many ways, I look at the way things are now. And looking back, I realized that God allowed me to be in a very pivotal place. I was too dumb to know that I should keep my mouth shut. And uh, so, I don't know, people, sometimes women will come up to me and say, oh, you've just... You've just, uh, what do you call it, like a boat going through. You've just uh, made the way for us. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, pioneered. And I look at them and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, and I didn't even know, you know. But, see, we are are dealing with different things. Now, Emily here. Is here. (laughs) Yes. Emily uh, was a missionette director, and she is now missions director at our church, you know, directing that. Okay. Now, what's your situation? Um, I am in several different ministries myself, and then my husband is leaving what has been his job for several years, and he's jumping into ministry full-time. And great. Oh, that's so great. We will kind of be in the same situation that they are <laughs> trying to yeah. get our ministries yeah. together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was telling them that it's sort of gone a different direction that I had in my mind. I don't want to bore you. I mean, I'm going to talk about some of this, but I don't want to, to like, beat a drum that doesn't need to be beaten. For example, I was going to talk about, you know, as a woman, uh, what do, how do you make your way? Well, I mean, how do you become uh, accepted? Well, you become accepted by working hard and earning trust. Now, sometimes that makes women feel bad because they don't think that men have to work as hard to be accepted. You live at a wonderful time, let me just tell you. It is a wonderful time. And just like you were talking about the men and the women working together, or or, I really, my heart breaks for your situation where it's mostly women and you've just got a few men because that does not have to be that way. In fact, I nearly feel like I need to share from the other thing I'm talking about, about meeting, uh, uh, how can I say, drawing postmoderns, you know, ministering to postmoderns, because our problem in the church, especially in probably, now I'm going to say this, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I'm saying more rural areas that have not made the transition so well, uh, is that the church can become very feminine, and we have to s- decide then, well, how are we going to even get m- people to come? You know, it doesn't make much difference how you get along with men if they're not there to, mm-hmm. men and women aren't both there. And so that's, that is an issue. And then another issue is, once we are all there, how do we get along together? Now, I was going to talk about, you know, that we handle emotions different, and that we... Uh, 
talk more, women talk more than men, and all those things. But the truth is that in this, why, do you have a husband that talks a lot? Oh, no. no. <laughs> Some do. We have an associate pastor that he could talk you under the table. Um, you know him. <laughs> but the point is that uh, in this context, how we're talking here, I, do, I, I think that our issue is that we have to figure out how men and women can work together in such a way that men aren't put off by all the women in the church, and women don't feel left out either, okay? So uh, what I was going to say about your situation is that later when I'm doing a thing on evangelism to the postmoderns, you have to find a way to get the men to trust you and to trust the church. Because probably their um, view of the church is different than what you're wanting it to be. So you're not going to, I mean, it's good to work with men and women, but you got to have, you need more men. You need some balance there. And so in that situation, you have to reach out and, I mean, like my husband, when we came to start uh, Radiant Life Church, uh, we decided, number one, that we were going to minister from the opposite spirit because uh, Dublin had a lot of sort of rich people. We weren't rich, but they were rich, and they, and they were a little snooty, and they, um, you know, the, I don't know what we thought that they thought we should be, but we decided not to be it. And so my husband made friends with men by playing basketball and, and softball, and, and he worked harder than anybody. He would be out working just like the other men in the neighborhood, et cetera. And you've got to have people trust you. And so, um, so we just have to learn how to get along as men, but we also have to learn how to, to draw them. And you might really want to, you know, in a men's ministry thing, how, I mean, how this isn't the place to do it, but you need to figure out how you can get people to come in. And sometimes the way you get them to come in is by starting maybe a breakfast or something, and then they don't have to come to church and see all these women with no men. You know, you do your own, you know, just sort of outside. Now, moving on, and I'm going to talk about uh, some of the things that I did prepare. Uh, one, the, one was that we have to work hard and we have to learn, uh, earn respect both directions, and we have to learn to trust each other. Another thing is that I don't know if you've noticed, but women talk more than men. Have you noticed that? And sometimes we as women, we just talk, 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 talk. And my husband, I don't want you to think badly of him, but sometimes he'll say to me, I just want to say to the men there, that does not endear him to my heart when he does that. But the truth is, I have to find a way to moderate that. I mean, I have to sometimes in a... in a meeting, I have to shut up and not say so much. Because I'll tell you, I have an opinion about almost everything. Um, another thing is, is emotions. You know, that people, uh, men are bothered by our emotions sometimes. I can remember times when Dave would, uh, we'd be in a meeting and and I would get my feelings hurt or I would feel bad and here I go into, you know, I either do one of two things, this is what women do, they either cry 
And that goes over like nothing. And men don't know what to do. You know, should I get a tissue? Should I? Well, some of them don't even worry about that. They just walk out because they can't handle it. You know, it's, it, I, I can't handle it when I'm hardly, when somebody just starts, <laughs> I go, oh, my goodness. But the truth is we have got to learn to, as women to, um, hmm, to control our emotions. But with men, they have an emotion, too. They don't cry, but sometimes they get angry at the drop of a hat. Or they talk too loud, and they make women feel like that they're nothing, you know, that they can't do anything. So we have got to, to uh, handle both of those, the emotions and, uh, and our talking. Uh, sometimes I'm asked, how do I receive proper respect? And again, as I said, you work hard and you earn it. However, I've never seen a woman get proper respect by demanding it. Never. And if you make your, if you, um, what was and, um, and we need to understand that we have a different perspective, and we need most, we need both perspectives. But as women. We have to learn to say it, say things in a way that we can be heard. And it's the same thing with men. When I first got married, uh, when I, for, yeah, when I first married Dave, I would ask him probably two or three times a week, are you mad at me? And he said, well, I don't know. Did you do anything that I ought to be mad at you? And I said, no. Well, I must not be mad then. Well, I would never, I couldn't figure it out because he acted mad to me. And sometimes we, uh, we just have to learn to find out what buttons people, you know, that, do, that doesn't communicate well, and then just fix it. Um, we have to be flexible. We have to learn to use the leadership style that... Is, is appropriate for that time, but we all have a different leadership style. I'm sorry, I'm sort of, but I, I, I'm trying to figure out how I answer the questions that you have without, you know, when I prepare a little differently. Let me ask this. When is, when do you feel the most uncomfortable in leadership with men, with men, between men and women in your church? You don't feel uncomfortable? No? Yeah. Okay. The only time I feel uncomfortable is if uh, sometimes a women's prayer group, there's only one woman that shows up, anybody in the men's prayer group. Yeah. 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 Oh, I just feel like I, this is crazy. I can't. I can't even think it through right now. Okay. Yeah. You. You. Um, yeah. You know what? I'm just going to go and say what I say, and then not worry about it. Okay. Um, be wise when you're working in mixed ministry, but do not be afraid of working in mixed ministry. Uh, women are not. 
are not out looking for, to fall. And men are not out looking to fall. But we have to be wise. And I know of the, I understand the dangers of men and women, women working together, but I think that in First Timothy, I think this is the way we should treat people, uh, men and women. We treat younger men, we should treat younger men as brothers, older mother, women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. So we should live in purity. Um, okay. As women, we need to be careful that we are leading and we're not bossing. Because we can sound bossy, some not. But men, you need to be careful that, that you don't shut women down without ever really realizing what's going on. Um, sometimes, though, the best thing we can do is just apologize and go on and then um, what do you do when you feel like you are not given the honor of uh, leading as you should? I feel so bad that I did not figure out what was going to happen here. Am I, did I miss it? I mean, yeah, is it fine? Okay, okay, yeah. The natural part of us gets offended. Right. Yeah. That's not how we're supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. We're supposed to humble ourselves. Yeah. So if we listen, if we do what the word says, right. We'll walk right. In the right manner. Right. Even when we're not honored or heard, you know, yeah. Our opinion and yeah. Given credence. Yeah. You know, and pray. <laughs> pray. Yeah. Pray. Pray. Yeah. Pray. You know. Yeah. Um, I think we have to take the high road. In my own life, you know, I look back over the last 40 years, and it has, it has been a wonderful ride, you know. But I can remember when we first started that uh, Dave and Dennis, that's the assistant pastor, would get together, and they would make all these plans. And then they would come, Dave would come home and tell me, and I would say, well, you know, that's nice, but it isn't going to work. <laughs> because women think differently than men, and we need to listen to each other. We need to listen to each other. And we need to be willing to listen to each other and to grow from it. And don't apologize because you are ministering. And I don't, I don't pick, I don't uh, think that, oh, I'm going to do it again. <laughs> mm, yeah, aren't I cute? <laughs> no, um, but, but we can be boldly humble with each other. And we can choose to understand each other even when it's difficult and even when we don't quite uh, get it. Um, I just want, what I want, my dream for the churches and my dream for women in ministry, which uh, is that we would all just allow each other to be ourselves, allow ourselves to work together. Now, when I think of men and women working together, I think that uh, there's many things you can do together and there's many things you need to do apart. But women can always help the men. I mean, sometimes they, uh, you know, with their things. Yes, uh-huh. You know, I was thinking, I just came out of a class where they talked about your mandate. Uh-huh. And I think with men and women, 
what I've observed is often people think if you're a man, you have these mandates. If you're a female, uh -huh. your mandates are going to be in this mm -hmm. arena. Um, when it doesn't line up like that, mm -hmm. um, that's where I see there's not necessarily a problem, but like you're talking about, to understand one another. Right, um, right. One of the reasons I came to this class, mm -hmm. and I missed the first part, yeah. so I don't know what happened, yeah. but... Uh, is I'm, I'm cut a little different than probably men would perceive. Mm -hmm. um, so often I find myself leaning towards, uh, maybe someone would say that's more like a man's response um, versus a female. Mm -hmm. Though I love being a female in every sense of the word. Right, um, right. So in ministry, um, that is a challenge. Right, it's a yeah. Challenge. And that's really the point I was trying to make is that we have got to not make excuses, uh, not whine, not complain, but, but do what God has called us to do and accept each other. And sometimes when we are not understood as women or we're not understood as men, we need to look at it and say what is true in this, what is, what is, what can I take from it? But then go on and do what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to do. And I think that um, sometimes we try too hard. We just try too hard. You know, not too long ago, we just retired a year ago, sort of. It's not very retired, but anyway. <laughs> and so I felt like God was telling me, this was maybe a year before that, that I needed to take charge of the of the lobby. Now you say, well, that's not any big deal. Well, it's definitely not what I do when I go overseas, you know. But I, I said, I'm going to take, and I'm not talking about taking charge of the lobby like keeping it clean, but I take charge of the lobby like being out there so that when people came in and out of church, there was somebody to interact with them. Now, right at first, I thought, you know, because I have always sat on the front row and been, you know, like front and center. And I thought, well, I don't think this is very spiritual. But you know what we needed at that time in our church? Somebody out in the lobby to be sure that people were talked to and that they were, they were given the opportunity to interact. And sometimes in ministry, whether you're a man or a woman, the ministry that you are given, sometimes from the Lord, but sometimes just from, you know, whoever's telling you what to do, is not exactly what you had in mind. But you have to just not whine, not make a big deal about it, just do what you have to do. I remember when we first came to Dublin, I had to work full-time so that Dave could start the church. Uh, I didn't mind that. I, I ended up working at the district office. It was fine. But I can remember thinking, well, I just wish that I could do what he's doing. Man, in my next life, I used to say this. This is not very nice, but I would say, in my next life, I'm coming back as a man. <laughs> now, I did not, I did not, I do not believe in reincarnation. <laughs> However, I would sort of maybe have enjoyed it at that point because I would get up early in the morning, I would go work, and he would be at home and, I don't know, being spiritual, I guess, and uh, 
you know, I mean, he was trying to build a church, and he was working. That's not the point. But I wanted to do that. I mean, I had a master's. I had a master's. Why couldn't I do that? Except that at that time in my ministry, the thing I needed to be doing is working. And I decided that wherever I am, I'm going to allow that to be my ministry. Now, in the church itself, uh, it, we have got to see our roles the same way. That doesn't mean we get ran up, run over or that we don't... Um, you know, we don't stand up for ourselves. That's not the role. That's not the, the way it is. But I'm just saying there are times and seasons for everything. And the truth is, if you react a little differently than the normal woman, whatever that is, um, God created you that way. And if God created you that way, then you need to be who he created you to be and not try to be someone else. Um, and... And I think that what we have to do is find our voice. We have to know what God wants us to do at different times. And we have to be willing to do it at that time. And, I, and when I talk about serving or being serving together as men and women, I think that what we do is we, we are godly and we work together to do what God puts before us to do. I mean, that's very simplistic. But the truth is, that is the truth. And, you know, you just now going into, like, I don't know, maybe you've been full-time and he hasn't or whatever, it's going to be different. It's going to change your relationship, but in a good way if you let it, to be, let it be. And so I just encourage you to, to, to see what is before you and then, and then to not see each other really as man and woman as if that's going to just be be traumatic it may be traumatic sometimes I've experienced that but it's not going to be because you're serving together and we have to give each other space we have to allow each other to be all that we can be now since we have this question that I hadn't thought about about men and women the men's ministry dealing with you know working with the women's ministries do you have any ideas that you've seen that will make that work well? Well, we're, my husband, he's over the men. Uh-huh. And he brought it up in church, would anybody like to play a night? We had women and men with their hands up. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's what's going to happen. We're going to have mm -hmm. the, the men and women together occasionally. Yeah. We have our separate things, but we also Absolutely. Have to do Yes, absolutely. I do think, like when you're trying to get men to come to the church, if you can think of things that are very manly to do and fun things, you know, like going to a ball game, I mean, or um, our, our guys like to go to NASCAR every once in a while. I'm like... Um, <laughs> Not it's not spiritual, but I tell you, it draws them in. And what we're also doing, this is my help, is like she said, our, our women and men have our separate, but we meet on the same night. And last Wednesday, we do it the last uh, Wednesday of every month, but we had couples, married couples, come for that, that if we had done, like, say, men on Tuesday and women on Wednesday, we wouldn't have seen those men and women. But because we did it on the same night and in separate parts of the church, 
these couples just came. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got together for snacks. Of course. You ever babysit? Yes. Yeah, always sure. babysit. I'm sure that there is babysitting. Yeah. I don't want no excuses. Yeah. 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 Sure. Yeah. Uh, right. By having some place to put the children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bring the teenagers. Yeah. I know in our church the uh, the women's ministry was much more active than the men, and the men went, "Wait a minute, we have to step it up here." <laughs> so they're doing they're doing the prayer breakfast every the third Saturday of every month. They have a breakfast for men's breakfast. And then some of them are getting together and making a list of now what can we do in the church to make it more men thing, what you know, what needs fixed? Does something need worked on? What is your specialty? And having mm-hmm. them and so that they're participating that way also. They just started with the, the men's mm-hmm. men's breakfast. We had the first one that's kept. Okay. Good, good. And we, we hold our prayer group on Wednesdays. Um, and all the kids come in and the Royal Rangers come in and, and missionists mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, to try and entice Fathers coming. You're already here. You have to drop the kids off. Instead of going home, coming back and picking them up. So that's what we're trying right now. We do a monthly, a monthly breakfast. Men, and the men cook it. Men do everything. Yeah. We have nothing to do with it. Yeah. Oh, you know they're good at breakfast. Yeah. They like that bacon. Yeah. Any more ideas? Yeah, and then you were right over here. Use the kids. I mean, that's the way our kids, our youth, make their money for their youth events is they babysit. And we have a lot of kids and a lot of... middle schoolers, too. That's what we got them going for youth camp, the main camp during the summer. Yeah. That's when they get paid is that towards their camp. What? Are there things that are uncomfortable about about serving together as men and women? Well, like one he said was when there's a whole group of men praying and then there's one woman praying and that would be uncomfortable. For, for me being the only woman, I'd be uncomfortable about that. Mm-hmm. Not so much the praying, but the dimension prayer group is it's a support yeah. group also. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. 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 It, it does, yeah, yeah, and I think you have to, um, if you're, if you're going to get more men, I mean, it's not that you want to leave the women out, that's not right, you can have a women's, a night when men and women are praying together, but if the purpose is to draw men and to make them feel comfortable, sometimes you just can't do it together, because you just, you just can't, and sometimes we think, we think it ought to be different, but it is, no, it shouldn't be different because men do need to get together and talk and they need to have things alone. Um, but, and women need to have, I mean, good, nobody, no, no, very few men will come for a paint night, painting <laughs> night, you know, and so <laughs> um, some might. Some might, but you see what I'm saying? Sometimes we make a bigger deal out of, of serving together than it really is. You know, we just need to use common sense. Now, sometimes in the ministry, now this is a couple I feel sorry for. Sorry. No, I feel, now actually, I feel very happy for you because in my life, I, I would have been miserable if Dave and I weren't going the same direction in this. 
And, um, and that's not true for everybody. There's women that are in ministry and their husbands aren't and they don't care and that's great. But for me, if I'd married somebody that wasn't really into ministry, um, especially 40 years ago when I did this, married, got married, uh, <laughs> then, then it would have just been very painful to me uh, because I was called from a child, and, and I, it would just been hard. But I, and that is another thing. When we talk about serving together, you can't make this, like, rule, and everybody's going to like it. You know, I can say to you, well, you should do this, or you, you should do that. Well, you should not go to NASCAR if none of the men in your church like NASCAR. I mean, in our church, it works great. I mean, they take the bus down. And they get back like after midnight, and it's a wonderful thing for them. See what I'm saying? Serving together is serving together. It's trying to see each other for who they are and not trying to make someone else different. Now, if I was, if I was talking to couples that are serving in ministry, and we, have, we, had, we do have some... Um, you know, unique challenges. But I tell you, they're worth it, every one of them. And you're at a great place. And you're at a great place. We're blessed as a church because we have a woman and a husband that are both pastors. And for us, they lead by example because Absolutely. both of them have pretty much the same roles. They, this one preaches this time, this one preaches this time. And we see them all the time as equal. Yes. Absolutely, absolutely, yes it is, and the other thing is, is that we can be good examples in marriage, you know, how do people learn to be married, they learn to be married by watching men and women serving together, and not just in, in the minute, you know, in the credentialed ministry, I'm talking about to watch somebody that, that Ha, you know, has a home, maybe they both work or maybe they don't both work, whatever the situation is, and people from outside can watch and see how you handle it. And so sometimes in serving together, we just try too hard, I think. You know? But sometimes we have to take a step back and say, if, if, if I am as a woman, if I as a woman am doing something that bothers the men and it just drives them crazy, well, then quit doing it. I mean, it's really sort of simple. You see what I'm saying? Same way, the same way with the women coming. Well, maybe that's not a good idea for them to come if that, and that's not bad. See, sometimes we say, oh, we've got to serve together, so we should always be together. We should always pray together. We should always do this. Well, what's really happening at your meetings is that you have prayer, but, but the real, it's important that those men get together because if they, especially in a church that doesn't have a lot of men, they need to get together. Well, they need the fellowship. They need the fellowship, and they need to feel like they're not weird, you know, or like it's a safe place. It's a safe place, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think when I, when I think of serving together, you know, it, in a way, it's just 
living out the Christian life together and understanding that sometimes I talk too much and I need to move on. And sometimes he looks like he's mad because I don't know if I ever finished my story, but I would ask him all the time, are you mad at me? Because he looked mad to me. I mean, why don't you smile? If you're, if you're not mad, why are you looking? Why is that face? And, you know, his attitude is like, what face? This is the only face I have. But do you see what I'm saying? And so we need to communicate. We need to forgive. We need to grow. We need to allow place for each other. I mean, I think it's not a... I, uh, I think I can say this. I think it's not a healthy church, I mean, in this area, if there's nobody represented on the board that's a woman. Because, you know, we, look, we see things different. I don't think it'd be very healthy if, they, if all of them were women. That's not the point. But it helps to have another viewpoint. So serving together, what do you see? You serve that means that when you're not included, you get over it. It means that when you are included, you come with, with, with joy and, and not be grumpy <laughs> together. It means that together you figure out how we're going to win our world for Christ. And if in some cases it's better to not have men, men and women together, then just don't have them together for that thing. But don't do it because you've got a weird attitude about. I mean, you've got to get healthy. Does that make sense to you? And, and, it, and it really takes time. Yeah. Over the years that you've been in your position of mm -hmm. leadership, how have you found encouraging the different, you know, the men and the women? Like, yes, me for a woman saying to one of the men at our church, you know, I just so thank you for using yeah. gifting in that area. Right. I'm so thankful that you were there. How have you, have you found that to be weird? Or have you no, no, I don't. And I've really, you know, if I look over the whole 40 years, it's hard to remember how it was in the beginning. I, w I think I was telling Bridget that, that, uh, when I first came to work at the district office, Brother Parsons was the superintendent, and Brother Parsons was whole school. And I don't remember him saying anything about women, but he, was, he said, I just tell you all this going to college and, I mean, you know, getting, I mean, I, I, I never saw anybody that came from the graduate school that was worth anything. Well, I was working for him. Dave has his MDiv from the graduate school. And I had my master's at that time from the graduate school. And I said, Brother Parsons, Dave and I graduated from graduate school. Uh, you know, from it was a GTS then. I don't remember how, not TS, but whatever it is. And uh, he goes, huh, well, there's always exceptions. <laughs> and that was sort of the attitude. But like I said, I wasn't smart enough to get it. You know, it was like, you know, if they asked me a question, I told them. I told them my opinion. They shouldn't have asked if they didn't want to know. <laughs> I, can, I can remember uh, Brother Crabtree one time asked me, do you think that we should have an extra camp? Um, it, you know, we had family camp, but should we have one that's, I don't remember why. I mean, today we have one. We have a Memorial Day camp. But at that time, the whole reason they were asking the question was because the music was so old 
that it was, it was painful. I'm going to tell you, we were not very godly, I guess, but we would just stay at our campsite until the music was over. It was just so old-fashioned. Oh, my goodness. And so I said, I was a little shocked at myself, actually, but I said, well, Brother Crabtree, it's according to why you're doing it. If you're doing it because you don't have the nerve to change the music, well, then that's not good. But, you know, if you, have an, if you think that some people would come for three days and they wouldn't come for, you know, for a week, well, then that's due. And he's like, huh. <laughs> Bless his heart. He had not met a me. <laughs> but do you see what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm saying? It's who you are. I wasn't trying to be smart alecky. I was just trying to make a point. And I was right, and he changed the music. You know, but I also was a good worker, and you could count on me. You see, I couldn't have said that. You know, I had worked there for a long time, and then I think at that point I was in I was women's ministries director, and he knew. He knew. I mean, and we came to family camp every year, and we helped pay for it. You know, we did our part. So working together and serving together is really just preferring one another. There will be times when, even on a personal level, Dave and I aren't on the same page. Well, I ha and, may and maybe he's crabby. Surely not, but maybe. Well, you know, I have to, I have to give him space. I have to help him, <laughs> you know, or whatever. And that's what serving each other is. It's just loving God and loving people and doing what's necessary to help them become all they can be. Now, you know, I can tell you, I mean, I've learned that in a staff meeting, you don't, you try your best not to get your feelings hurt in the first place, but you, I probably will at some point. And I try not to cry and I try not to, to pout up, you know, and just, you know, I try to, look pleasant even if I'm dying inside you know I try to do that because there's no point in making everybody uncomfortable but if I get my feelings hurt and there's a tear or two that flow well they have to love me because Jesus said <laughs> do you see what I'm saying you you have I think sometimes we see life as do this, don't do that. But the truth is that a lot of times it's much more fluid than that. When you serve together, and it makes a difference. Let's see, like you two work great together. The next person that was in charge of women or men, they might not could work together for anything. You know, well, you work together because you both work in women, but I'm just saying the men and the women couldn't. I mean, it's just, it's doing what you're supposed to do at that time. And really, there's no silver bullet. And I find that when I am interacting with Dave or I'm interacting with people in the church, and sometimes people in the church can be wicked, <laughs> I mean, just being truthful, then I have learned to say, okay, what part of this is true? What part of this do I need to change? And what part of this do I need to allow me to, to just let it roll off? Because if you can't do that, you'll never serve well as with men and women. You just won't. Because we look at things differently. And, you know, Dave can come in. I've quit saying, are you mad? 
because I finally figured it out. That's not the way his mind works. If he was mad, I would know he was mad. It would not be because he wasn't smiling, you know. Um, but we just have to love each other to, enough to allow each other to be who they are, but also to work together and accomplish God's will. And if you can't bend and you can't uh, sort of flex, it's going to be a long life. Might be long anyway, but, you know, you see what I'm saying. So sometimes, sometimes we make it harder than it is. Does anybody have any questions or comments? I don't even know what time it is. Somebody will tell me. 12 11. Huh? 12 11. Okay. A few minutes. Yeah. Does anybody have any questions or thoughts on anything? Oh. Uh-huh. More toward the other side. Um, if you're going to fill something, there's no need to fill a role. You fill a need. Uh-huh. So yeah. You have that talent. You fill that need. And for the young couple here, maybe, maybe Chad can hire a fleet and skirt. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's it. And that's it. We want to avoid competition. Yeah. Did you have a question? Yeah. Yes. Um, so kind of going off on a different path, um, mm-hmm. men and women working together in ministry, um, I currently attend a church where they have been hurt by men and women working together in ministry, and they're going a little bit too far. Mm-hmm. Um, you mean like? Then like going past boundaries. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Um, so this, I... This was before I was even there, and it's, so it's been something that's happened for several years ago, and a lot of people in the church can't really seem to move past that, uh-huh. so then whenever you, we're trying to like put things together, they feel uncomfortable just because of the nature of what it is. Because so, men and women are together? Is that what you mean? Um, the act of women laying hands on men. Oh, okay. Or specifically like praying for a man. Um, texting a man saying, hey, just wanted to let you know yeah. that we're saved in youth ministry tonight. Um, they feel uncomfortable with things like that. Yeah. So, any advice on how to move past? Well, move slowly because when people are hurt and they have seen things cause bad things, you know, it is hard. Um, I think some churches will, will, might never get over what the, their pain and sometimes... I don't know even what church you are, so I'm not saying this about that. But I'm just saying you have to, you have to be patient with them, but also you have to know if, if that is ruling life and you just have to do something else too, you know. But people get hurt like that, and that's one thing, like the texting. We, we have had people, I do a lot of, or maybe not so much right now, but I do a lot of the interviews with pastors and stuff when they fall, my husband and I do. And um, texting ha- is, a, is horrible. Yes. I mean, it, and, and what a stupid thing to lose your credentials over, you know? And um, so I think people get, I think people get afraid and, le- and lose trust. And that is a hard thing to rebuild. But what, you, what is important that you do then is that you be caref- more careful than you would 
uh, knowing that they feel like that. And so it might be, are you and your husbands like youth pastors or the? Yeah, okay. Then it might be better if he texted the guys and you texted the girls. I wouldn't say that normally, but I will say, since it got brought up, that I can always look at my husband's phone. Always. And if you, if you have any kind of relationship with people that you don't want to talk to your husband or wife about, that is a red flag. And you need to be careful. Now, I know sometimes women are real... Uh, how we say sensitive and so you don't want I mean you know you've got to use wisdom but the point is that we are representing Christ in all we do and um, I know Dave has taught uh, has preached before uh, at district things and said you know you you are as pastors especially you are in, in the place, not in the place of Christ, but you are representing Christ to these people. So have a heart. If you're going to run off with somebody or you're going to do inappropriate things, then just leave. Don't do it and ruin this church. And a church that has been ruined, they'll heal, but you just have to be care- especially careful. And, and to look at it like that, you can't hardly say, well, this is sort of, you can say this is sort of, stupid, except that if you've walked through it, it isn't stupid, you know. And so you just learn. (laughs) My husband, one day he got this um, text from somebody that we had been ministering to, and this uh, woman told him something. Well, I mean, at the time I read it, it didn't matter. In fact, I read it to him. We were in a car, and he got a text, so I read him the text, and at the end she said, don't tell your wife. (laughs) So he texted her back and said, too late. <laughs> but he would not have, not, I mean, her saying, he might not have thought to tell me, you know, if he was by himself. I mean, who thinks? And it was nothing. But the point is, you, that is a no-no, you know? And that, and Dave will say, there are things that Dave knows that I don't know. But there's not many things that he knows. I, I'm talking about, like, in people's lives that I don't know because sometimes I mean we work as a team and and he'll tell people he said if I think she needs to know I'm gonna tell you so if you don't want me to tell her then you just don't tell me because I'm not gonna I'm gonna do what I think is best that's important because we we operate on that same level so there's a there's a line of confidentiality because when you're in the back end of a church and you know people's business and you you know it for a reason because you're there to minister. Uh-huh. You know, and, and we and we do share a lot because she might be able to Absol- minister. And if it's just knowing and sharing with her uh, people of influence to say, you know, just be aware that they're going through this. We don't have to go into the details. Right. But to know that but but then but there are some things where it's just like you're talking to a man on man and it's like there's some some things that are confidential. Be very clear. Know the expectations. Yeah. Figure it out. Yeah. Here's what's going to happen. I can be confidential with you, between you and me, but there are some things that, that I might share with my wife if I mm-hmm. think it can help. You know, but, but, but share and, those expectations with And them. if your husband shares it with you, then you be careful you don't share it. Now, I messed up the other day. I don't do this often. Well, I mess up often, but I, this. <laughs> but I was talking to somebody 
And the, I was talking to somebody, and, and just the way the conversation went, I mentioned to her, now it was not done, evidently it was confidential, but I didn't really know this, you know, but I mentioned to her that her mother-in-law had called us. Big mistake. She was upset. The mother-in-law was upset. Well, the lady was upset. But then when she got, got told the mother-in-law, she was really upset. Now, she didn't know, you know, so she called, and I heard Dave talking to her, and I walked in, and I said, I'm really sorry. I did not mean to, and, you know, and this is her comment. She said, well, I'm not going to tell her I'm sorry I called you because I think she need, you needed to be called. You know what? I can say I'm so, I am really, really sorry about anything. I mean, I'm sorry that you're upset about it at the very least. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't cost anything to be humble. You know, to say, I am sorry. I am sorry. I should not have said that. I wasn't thinking at the time. It seemed it, just, it was the flow of a conversation. That's the kind of thing we have to learn with women. Right. Yes. No question. So, uh, Cherish and I agree on everything. Um, but <laughs> oh, yeah. She's lying. <laughs> Most everything. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> I just hit him. <laughs> no, that's not the truth. Do you know, what do we do? I mean, don't think that you're never going to disagree, because you will. You will. You'll have differences of opinion. But I, I, basically, we try to be nice about it. And now, after 40 years, I'll call him on it if I don't think he was nice enough, <laughs> you know. But sometimes also I walk away and I say, you know, that was not necessary, Kay. Why did you say that? Being humble and saying you're wrong goes a long, a, a long way. And ultimately, in our marriage, I know what I'm supposed to say is that you know, the husband makes the final decision, and he does. But as a rule for us, we work at it. I mean, there's some things that you prefer something, and, you know, it doesn't make any difference. But if it's big, well, then we sort of work around until we come until we We may not agree on what the original question was, but we find another angle to, you know, see what I'm saying? Because you don't want your relation to be such that, well, you know, if we don't agree and... I don't really care. I'm going to do what I want to do. But by the same token, the wife can't always be saying, I mean, she's got to give you the opportunity to be the man. She can pick and choose sometimes, but she, you know what I'm saying. See what I'm saying? I don't know if that answered the question, but there are going to be times when you disagree. I mean, Dave and I get along mostly. What I say about Dave is that he doesn't care what I do, as long as it doesn't matter to him. And if it matters to him, I might as well just say, okay, whatever. You know, because that's just, I mean, not that he's unwilled, mean or anything, but it's just, it's just not worth the fight. <laughs> that's your pretext, is that we're designed differently. We are designed differently. That's, that's important, and it's important to look at those uh, disagreements as a place you know, that God has put in your relationship to grow you stronger. Yeah. So yeah. whether it's, I mean, sometimes you, sometimes you, I don't know if it's right or not, but you agree to disagree. Yeah. At that yeah. point, it's like, okay, you believe this way, 
because of your experiences. I believe this way because of my experiences. And, but we can still go on. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, we're not carrying that and you know, having that contention all the time. Yeah. But know that that's, an, that's important. When you have that disagreement, like we're going, we've gone through a, a church merger and there's just, there's been a lot of conflict and things that we've had to look at and go, well, this is a chance. This is an opportunity for growth. <laughs> you know, like, glad you look at it that way. But really, I mean, yeah. that's, that's what, I mean, God's in this thing, right? I mean, he's our king and he's our Lord. And we believe that he's got our plans are for good, not for evil. And That's right. if we believe that, then then these, these these opportunities are for for growth. And that he, because if we didn't have that, mm-hmm. we wouldn't be able to get to the next level on certain things right. to be able to minister to somebody right. else through these things. Yeah. And you know, what I find mm-hmm. is that I trust him more than outside of the Lord anyway. So if he has a, a check or a stop. Even though I think, oh no, that's that that you don't have to worry about that. We should. It checks me. It stops me. Mm-hmm. Because often, when we work together, often when it comes down to a real important decision, God gives in the final say. So I, I have to wait. And usually by that time, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm thinking. <laughs> I would just as I would I would just as well you be responsible. So I don't if this goes south, just remember who <laughs> But you know that is that in a different way that's true about everything in life. You know, uh like when I said a while ago that people can be mean. Women can be mean. Men can be mean. I mean, I've had, you just, I'm not going to start stories. We don't have time. For, I mean, I could keep you here for a while. But um, eventually you have to get to the point where you say, God, I don't know why you allowed that. That was not right. And I'm not talking about husband. I'm not talking about Dave. I'm talking in the church. That was not right. And that hurts so much. And it's not fair. Do you know what? Life is not fair. It's just not. There's been times when I've done the work and Dave's got the glory. That is not fair, let me just tell you. But the truth is that, that it, it, I have to be willing for God to grow me however he chooses to do. And so even that drummer that used to, when I was leading worship, drum and looking at me all, the whole time like I'd have been dead if, if looks could kill, um, and I look back and I'm like, I cannot believe that he got away with that. You know what? It was good for me because I learned. I, it was not good. It was not good. It was wrong. And, it, you know, it was wrong. And I would never allow it again. But it was good for me because I grew. And sometimes it's a question of our mental, the way we look at things. And I have decided I'm going to end well. And for years, since I was very young, I have said, my goal in life is to be a nice old lady. Because <laughs> in my life, I have seen a lot of old ladies that are not too nice. And if I get Alzheimer's and God makes, <laughs> d- doesn't keep me nice through it, well, I'm going to be really ticked if I know enough to think about it. <laughs> No, but do you see what I'm saying? You know, it's not, it's not serving together is just allowing yourself, to, I mean, just serve together. I don't know how, you know, 
And, uh, and if somebody irritates you, yeah, I don't know, sometimes you get over it. Sometimes you go to them and you talk. And, you know, when in a situation like you're in, try to understand, but, but also don't let it completely um, stop you, you know, because it is so hard when a church is hurt by um, infidelity. It is so hard for them to get over it. Because, see, that's trust. That's a breakage of trust. And I can remember uh, a man came to our church when we first started the church. His name was Ken. They still go to the church now, Ken and Ken Chapins. And he had seen a lot of uh, issues, you know, just a lot of things. And he, he just wasn't sure he wanted to trust again. And Dave said, I can't promise you that I won't disappoint, I mean, I, I won't promise you that I won't disappoint you, but I can promise you I will do everything I did. You can count on that I will do my best to live a life above reproach. And, you know, now he can helps other people att attain that because um, he had, been raised in a really, you know, sort of bad situation, and he just didn't have a great deal of trust for pastors. And so we have to understand that when we serve together, we have to serve in such a way that when people walk out, we don't make it harder for them to follow Jesus. So. Amen. Amen. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you.